Today, I would like to shed some light on the beautiful biography and the life and the legacy of Fatima bint Musa ibn Ja'far, who also has received the title of Sayyida Ma'suma, uh, according to some narrations by her brother Al-Imam Al-Rida, Karimatu Ahl al-Bayt, by some narrations, a title given to her by Al-Imam Al-Sadiq, her grandfather, the noble one of the Ahl al-Bayt, and Al-Shafi'ah by her uh, nephew Al-Imam Al-Jawad, salawatullahi wa salamu alayhim. Indeed, Many of you have heard, or some of you have even visited, and inshallah, those who have not visited Al-Sayyidah Ma'asuma will be able to visit her beautiful shrine in the holy city of Qom. Al-Sayyidah Ma'asuma is the daughter of Musa ibn Ja'far and the sister of Al-Imam Al-Rada, and she's buried in the holy city of Qom. And you see that the greatest of ulama, the greatest of fuqaha, the greatest of maraja' will go and they will stand in front of this lady's shrine in humility and respect. And they raise their hands in dua in that shrine asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the noble position and in the jah and in the sha'n of Sayyidah Ma'asuma to grant them their hajat and to forgive their sins and to shower onto them with mercy and compassion. What is the sha'n and what is the position and what is the value of Sayyidah Ma'asuma or Fatima bint Musa ibn Ja'far? with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This question is clearly answered by Al-Imam Al-Rida salawatullahi alayhi, Al-Imam Al-Jawad, Al-Imam Al-Sadiq, and her father Musa ibn Ja'far. When we go to the ziyarah of a Sayyidah Ma'asuma, and we stand and we recite the ziyarah, the salutation of this great lady, and there, there are many important segments. First of all, we have to understand that this ziyara is taught by Al-Imam Al-Rida to one of his companions by the name of Zayd Al-Ash'ari. Zayd Al-Ash'ari Al-Qummi. He tells him to go and when he visits the grave site of Sayyidah Ma'suma to recite this ziyara to recite the salutation. And therefore it has been taught to us by a ma'asum. It has been taught to us by an imam. And when we enter the shrine of a Sayyidah Ma'asumah and we recite the ziyara, we have to contemplate on its meaning and what it means. And for those who may have not understood the importance of ziyara Sayyidah Ma'asumah, Maybe by just reading the ziyarah of this great lady today or this evening, you will realize the importance of her position and you will make a point to plan a trip specifically for the ziyarah of Sayyidah Ma'asumah. 
to go there and to send your salutations onto her and to be able to get from the benefits, receive from the benefits that are given to those who pay her a visit, knowing her position and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, next to her grave. So, Zayd goes to Imam al-Rida and he says to him, Ya ibn Rasulullah, we have your sister who's buried uh, in Qom, in the holy city of Qom. What should we do when we visit her grave? What should we say? How should we act? Possibly he wanted to know the position of a Sayyidah Ma'asumah and he wanted to hear it from the Imam himself. So the Imam, he begins to dictate her salutations for Zayd al-Ash'ari by sending praise upon the prophets beginning from Adam to Nuh to Ibrahim to Musa to Isa and then to Rasulullah. Which means, brothers and sisters, many may ask, many may wonder that, you know, when we visit the Ma'asumeen, when we visit the Imams, why is it that we have to start from uh, Adam? Why is it that we start from Abraham and Nuh? Isn't, the, isn't this the shrine of, for example, Imam al-Husayn, Imam al-Ridha, Sayyidah Ma'asumah? Shouldn't we just focus on them? And the answer is, brothers and sisters, that once you arrive to the visitation of a Sayyidah Ma'asumah or an Imam Al-Husayn or an Imam Al-Ridha, you are reminded that this is a continuation of the legacy of Adam. Adam began this movement. Adam began to propagate for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in the way that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala informed him and taught him. وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him everything that he needed to propagate and to protect the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is, by the way, Islam, and I will speak about this Islam, and to be able to connect that with the people. So he had the knowledge given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the ways to deliver that to the people. And he was given direct instructions. Similarly, for the prophets that came after him. But every time we mention one of those prophets, within our ziyarah, for example, we say Adam, we mention Adam, and then we mention Nuh, and then we mention Ibrahim, and then we mention Musa, and then we mention Isa, and then we mention Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhim, ajma'in. Why? One, I said, is because we are reminding ourselves that by standing in the shrine of those individuals, we are, they are a continuation of this message. They are a continuation of this cause. They continue the journey that began with Adam. And they restored the teachings of the prophets. And they restored the teachings of those who came prior to them. Now, those... Prophets that we send salutations to within our ziyarat, according to the Quran, they are all Muslim. What do we mean? I mean, how can Ibrahim be a Muslim prior to the religion of Islam's establishment of the Arabian Peninsula? 
You see, the religion of Islam has a name. This religion that we have has a name, has a title, and that is Islam. However, Islam also refers to something else, which could sometimes be the same, and sometimes they are not the same. What do I mean? The act is submissiveness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to the early on Muslims within the Holy Quran, in Surah Al-Baqarah, and other places. And He says, look at the Jews, and look at the Christians, and how they debate amongst them whether Abraham was a Jew or a Christian. And it seems though that the Muslims were also arguing and saying, no, we are the followers of Ibrahim. Because everybody wants to be part of the legacy of this great leader, Abraham. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says He was neither a Jew nor a Christian, but He was a Muslim. And this does not mean that He's telling the Muslims then that yes, He was one of you, He did the same things that you're doing. No. He says that Ibrahim was the one, was the one who submitted to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, completely and utterly. Even when they brought, when, when he saw this, the, the dream that he was sacrificing his own son. Uh, you know, a sacrifice cannot even be greater, cannot be comprehended to be anything greater than sacrificing your own child for the sake of the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Ibrahim was willing to do that. So when he went to sacrifice his son, and his son submitted to the will of Allah, saying, O father, يَا أَبَتِ فَعَلْ مَا تُؤْمَرُ سَتَجِدُنِي إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الصَّابِرِينَ Do whatever you need to do. You shall find me amongst the patient ones. So Allah in the Quran says, فَلَمَّا أَسْلَمَا Both of them, they submitted. فَلَمَّا أَسْلَمَا وَتَلَّهُ لِلْجَبِينَ And Ibrahim put his head on that rock to sacrifice him. فَلَمَّا أَسْلَمَا وَتَلَّهُ لِلْجَبِينَ then the call came. Ibrahim, now you have validified this dream. You have done what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked you to do. So this is the definition of Islam. Here we want to say that those prophets, they, re, they established Islam. They taught Islam, Islam in a sense of complete submission to Allah. This was their message and this was their, their lifestyle. This is what they taught us. So after Adam, who established the teachings and propagation for their religion of Islam, then came Nuh, then came Ibrahim, and we salute them because in their lifestyle, they completely submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we get to Rasulullah, who fully submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Imam Ali, and then Fatima, and then we continue with the Imams, saying that we understand that this Islam, and the submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taught to us and brought to us by you. You demonstrated Islam to us. And your submission to Allah, you taught us this. And in this case, when we reach the, zi the ziyarah of Sayyidah Ma'asumah, we give salutations to the prophets and to the 12 imams and to Sayyidah Fatima al-Zahra and to Khadija sallallahu alayha, who is her mother, her uh, great-grandmother, 
And then we say to her, Assalamu alaikum ya binta Rasulillah. Yes, even though she is not the direct descendant of the Prophet But this is how Imam al-Rida gave salutations to her. This is how Imam al-Rida greeted her. Peace be upon you, O the daughter of Rasulullah. Allahu Akbar. Meaning that you remind us of Rasulullah. You remind us of your mother Fatima. You remind us in your akhlaq, in your manner, in your ibadah, in your knowledge, that you are the daughter of Rasulullah. Assalamu alaikum ya binta Rasulullah. Assalamu alaikum ya binta Musabni Ja'far. You are the daughter of Musabni Ja'far. Assalamu alaikum ya binta Al-Hassan wal Hussein. You are the daughter of Hassan. You are the daughter of Hussein. Sayyidi Shababi Ahl al Jannah. Assalamu alaikum ya binta Fatima wa Khadija. You are the daughter of Fatima and you are the daughter of Khadija. Assalamu alaikum ya binta al-Imam. Oh, peace be upon you, the daughter of the Imam. Wa al-Imam, the sister of an Imam. Wa ammat al-Imam and the aunt of an Imam, Imam al-Jawad salawatullahi alayhi. Imam al-Sadiq salawatullahi alayhi, inshallah we will talk about this. He says to her father, Musa ibn Ja'far, marry or seek children from this woman. Tektum, for she will give you the most noble of men. And that was a reference to Imam al-Rida from Musa ibn Ja'far and Tektum. Imam al-Rida has the same father and same mother as Sayyidah Fatima al-Masumah. So one day Musa ibn Ja'far comes after uh, his marriage with Tiktum and Imam al-Sadiq says that there will be a birth given by Tiktum. Sayyarzuquni Allah minhu. From this son, Allah will give me, meaning from my progeny, a child that will be buried in a city called Qom and she will be part of me, part of my existence. Now this is important. This is what we want to talk about. فَإِنَّ لَكِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ شَأْنٌ مِنَ الشَّأْنٌ To you belongs, my lady, a noble position, an amazing position, a great position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. شَأْنًا Sha'n means a position. Value, special value. Sha'nan min sha'n. It's not just any value. It's a special type of value. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of this through this language, through this form of discussion. For example, in the Holy Quran, Alif Lamim Dalikal Kitabula Raybafi. Allah says, That book, meaning it's keeping the book far, it's not near, even though the book is near to us, we read it. But Allah says, This book is not, you know, a book that has no value. It has an amazing value, therefore, it remains far. Untouchable value. And this is a, 
this is a special type of uh, uh, description in the Arabic language to make a reference to something that is extremely valuable. So Al Imam says, "Fa'inna inda Allah sha'nan min What is this sha'n? And why is it that Al Imam Ali ibn Musa Rida, her brother, Al Imam Al Jawad, when they speak of her position and her ziyara, they say, "Man zaraha arifan bihaqiha." Whoever visits her knowing her haq, knowing her position, knowing this shan, then is given jannah. Then his then the, 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 the prize given to this person is jannah. It's paradise. Subhanallah. You know, is this some uh, little prize? No. This is the greatest achievement that any human being can achieve, and that is Jannah, that is the Rahmah and the Maghfirah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that allows us to enter paradise. Imam al-Jawad says, I guarantee Jannah for this person. How do we understand, what is her Shan and how do we understand her Shan? Brothers and sisters, this is when we spend time with ourselves, with Allah, with knowledge, with awliya Allah to understand what is called ma'rifah. There is some sort of knowledge that you read math and science and biology and chemistry and it's knowledge. You read it, you understand it. If you don't understand it, you revisit it and you understand it. And there is something called ma'rifah. Special knowledge. Special knowledge that you have to strive for it. You have to seek the most difficult roads to get there. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to wish and desire that this knowledge is given to you. Without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is impossible for anybody to have ma'rifah. Some people may speak of certain things that may resemble ma'rifah. However, it is truly not ma'rifah. Some people may act as urafa and, and those who have the special knowledge. But I tell you, brothers and sisters, this knowledge, this knowledge is given to those who truly strive, who go through difficulty and hardship to achieve it. For example, this type of ilm, according to the hadith, is not placed alongside wealth. You cannot achieve ma'rifah, for Allah has placed it in poverty. You cannot achieve it in comfort, for Allah has put it in difficulty. This is a hadith, I'm not making this up. This knowledge is not given to you at the comfort of your home and your beds. It's given to you in travel. Allah has made it difficult. Allah has made its reach difficult. That is why you find ulama leaving their homes and leaving their families. Why? Because they are thirsty for knowledge. It's the thirst for knowledge and ma'rifah that lets people leave their home, leave their beds, travel, seek the knowledge and discomfort, seek knowledge in poverty, seek knowledge in 
in, in areas where they're not going to be as comfortable like they would be at home, and whether it's cold, whether it's hot, whether it's summer, whether it's winter, whether they speak the language, whether they don't speak the language, they strive to get there. And the ulama have taught us that in order to add fuel to that engine while you're there, you have to do ibadah, tawarra' to Allah, beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in salat al-layl by reciting the Qur'an, by fasting, by begging Allah to give you the keys of ma'rifah. She was born in the year 173 after the hijrah and she died in the year 202 after the hijrah. Therefore, she was not even 30 years old when she died. And the reason why she died, brothers and sisters, at such a young age, is because she obviously grew up in Medina, next to her grandfather, uh, in, in the city of her grandfather, Rasulullah, next to her grandfather, Imam al-Sadiq, and her father, Musa ibn Ja'far, who was then taken to exile. But she spent her life in Medina, next to Imam al-Ridha, sallallahu and like I said, they share the both. They share both parents. Al Imam Al Rida has her his father is Musa ibn Jafar. His mother is Taktum, and same goes for a Sayyidah Ma'suma or Fatima bint Musa ibn Jafar. Traditions say that this woman had a special genius, a special devotion to Islam, to Salah, to Siyam, to Ibadah. And a beautiful story tells us that one day a group of visitors went from the holy city of Kufa, I believe, to Medina. A long journey. Some Shia went and they wanted to visit Al-Imam Musa ibn Ja'far. When, when they got to his house in Medina, uh, they gave a list of questions to the servant of the Imam so that the servant or the assistant, assistant of the Imam would give that to the Imam and the Imam would prepare the answers and next day they would meet with the Imam and they salute the Imam and they take their answers. And to their surprise, the Khadim says the Imam is not here. The Imam is traveling. He's not present. He's outside the city. And obviously back then there was no phones and what have you. So it would be very difficult to have access to the Imam. And they were very hurt. Then the call comes to them that Submit your questions and you will receive answers tomorrow. So they submitted the questions. They came the next day and they saw that their questions have been answered fully. So they asked the Khadim, they asked the servant of the Imam or the person assisting them, if the Imam is not here, who answered on his behalf? And he responded by Fatima bint Musa ibn Ja'far. Fatima, the daughter of Musa ibn Ja'far, She's the one that gave the answers. So some of them were happy, very delighted. Some of them were hesitant, you know. It's not the Imam. Should we take the answers? Should we not? And they were leaving back to Kufa. And there they saw the caravan of Imam Musa ibn Ja'far. Those who surrounded him. So they went to the Imam. They saluted the Imam and they told the Imam the story. The Imam said, bring me the answers bring me the papers he saw and then he said Fidaha Abuha. may her father be a sacrifice to her for her 
that her answers were so accurate and so beautiful and that she has the knowledge to answer the questions of the Shia who had come to visit the Imam from the city of Kufa. This was the knowledge of a Sayyidah Masum. And for those who have visited her shrine in Qom, you've seen that she has a home dedicated to her known as Baytun Nur, where she would worship all night in the days that she remained in the city of Qom. <laughs> 